This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We have heard cases of people seeing the activities of their companies and being so frustrated by the path of that company and that it goes against their morals that they alert someone to this activity. They've been called whistleblowers. In some cases, people have alerted others within their own company to these issues and in some cases have end up, ended up being fired with not much legal recourse. That was reinforced recently by the Supreme Court, which stated that protection for the whistleblower can really only come when that person reports the violations to a federal institution like the Securities and Exchange Commission. Joseph Serbak is a labor attorney with the firm of Cozen O'Connor here in Philadelphia. He follows the whistleblower area closely. He's also author of the book Understanding Sarbanes-Oxley's Whistleblower Protections, otherwise known as SOX. And Joe is in the studio with us today. Nice meeting you. Thank you for coming in. Oh, thank you, Dan. Good to be here. So I guess let's start with the, the Supreme Court decision. They basically said that to have the proper protections, that the whistleblower needs to actually send that that information, their designation, to an organization like the SEC. That's exactly right. Um, there's a variety of whistleblower statutes. There's over two dozen of them out there covering different industries, different types of activity that are protected. But under Dodd-Frank, the uh, financial statute that came out in the aftermath of the Great Recession, that included a whistleblower provision. And the courts have been grappling with whether that included uh, protection for employees who reported uh, to their own em- employ- to their employers, which is the way most reports happen, or whether you need to uh, report to the Securities and Exchange Commission. And the court, in in what was a fairly simple legal issue, uh, ruled nine to nothing that you must report to the SEC in order to be protected under Dodd-Frank. I guess the the trick for a lot of people that may be listening to us who, who, you know, it's probably a very small amount of people that this would even come up, but the understanding that it's not just sending the report to somebody in your company, it's actually going to the SEC. That's something that probably a lot of people don't don't maybe understand or know, in fact. Uh, that's correct. And it's it's really only under Dodd-Frank that this is the case. Right. Uh, as I mentioned, there's about two dozen whistleblower statutes, including Sarbanes-Oxley, yeah. uh, which protects the exact same type of activity. So if you make an internal complaint uh, of what you believe is securities fraud and you are retaliated against, you would be protected under Sarbanes-Oxley. That's been the case since uh, 2001, 2002. Uh, That hasn't changed. In fact, the Sarbanes-Oxley protections were strengthened under Dodd-Frank for a variety of reasons. If you're an employee, you'd rather be suing under Dodd-Frank. Mm-hmm. You can go right to federal court. You have a much longer statute of limitations. It's six years versus six months with Sarbanes-Oxley. Under Dodd-Frank, you get double back pay versus just your regular uh, back pay damages under Sarbanes-Oxley. So there's an incentive to go under Dodd-Frank, but uh, People who make internal complaints of uh, securities fraud are still protected under Sarbanes-Oxley. So then the, the, the reason for the Supreme Court making this designation is what in your mind? It's really the way the statu- uh, statute was written by Congress. Uh, Congress wrote the statute saying that a whistleblower is protected if they do certain things, including making an internal report. However... The term whistleblower was defined as someone who reports to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Right. So if you 
read it, those two parts of the statute seem to conflict. Uh, the different courts that have looked at it came out with uh, different uh, uh, outcomes, and that's why it rose up to the Supreme Court. So then if if Congress had the, orish, the original writing of this, and they wrote it obviously for the reporting to go to the SEC, is this something that potentially Congress needs to look at again in your mind? Uh, they could, although uh, as Justice Ginsburg uh, emphasized in the majority opinion that she wrote for the court, uh, she looked at the legislative history and said Congress wants the reporting to the SEC. Right. That's the whole point of Dodd-Frank is we don't want it just to be reported uh, internally in the company to, to Where it could get buried solve and, the problem yeah. or, or yeah. bury it. Uh, we want the Securities and Exchange Commission to know about every suspected violation, and that's why the statute was written the way it was. Obviously, in the wake of the financial crisis, you had a, a great possibility of seeing cases like this com- coming forward. Where are we right now? Do we still see whistleblower cases, I mean, in terms of percentage, when you think a decade ago to now? Uh, if anything, it's just picked up. And one yeah. of the reasons for that is uh, the SEC has a bounty program. If you report um, to the SEC uh, or an internal, make an internal report that eventually makes its way to the SEC, say your company investigates it and decides it's something they must disclose to the SEC, and the SEC then uh, assesses a fine against the company of a million dollars or more, yeah. you as the whistleblower are entitled to a bounty, they call it, of <laughs> between 10 and 30 percent. And seven, eight-figure bounties – uh, have been awarded. People have made ten or twenty million dollars uh, in a bounty off of a major fine assessed by the SEC. Most, I mean, to be clear, most of the bounties uh, that have been paid out, and I believe there's been over a hundred so far, right. are, are much more modest. But when those cases make the headlines, people see it and it gets them thinking. And uh, if anything, the number of cases has been on the rise. Joseph Serbak is with the uh, law firm of Cozen O'Connor based here in Philadelphia. We're talking about uh, whistleblower lawsuits and the change, or I should say the designation that the Supreme Court made last uh, week. Your comments welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866, or my Twitter account, at DanLoney21, or the show Twitter account, uh, at uh, BizRadio111. I guess, let's take it back for a second, and obviously whistleblower is a term that that we have heard more and more in about the last decade or so. From a historical perspective, how long have we been reactive to people that who were whistleblowers in terms of the history of the United States and in the business sector? It's been long since... Uh, before I was a lawyer. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I came out of law school in 2001, and it was, it was an issue then, and it, it remains an issue. But it's, it's just really taken off. Uh, what's happened is every major piece of legislation that Congress has enacted lately, Sarbanes-Oxley, the Affordable Care Act, uh, more specific statutes governing the, governing the uh, airline industry or the rail industry or the nuclear industry, they say this is the, the conduct that's allowed and prohibited. Right. And they add a section saying, by the way, if you're an employee and you make a report of activity that you believe is uh, violating the law and you're retaliated against, you are protected. And an almost identical whistleblower protection has been bolted onto Sarbanes-Oxley, the uh, Air 21 Act for the airline industry, the trucking industry. Um, This same uh, whistleblower protection applies across the economy. So although we're talking about uh, securities fraud and reporting securities fraud here today, that is... You know, one subset of the the cases out there. 
Is the is the recognition, or I should say, is the understanding there that this is even a possibility for somebody that's working? Obviously, in the securities or the banking sector, it's it's pretty well known. But in a lot of these other sectors, is it as well known as it is in banking and and, and securities? Yeah, it is not. Uh, not at all. And, you know, let me give you a great example. In the railroad industry, uh, because the employees are – it's a very heavily unionized industry. Sure. yeah. Uh, if you, there are suspected violations there, people learn about it from their union officers and everything gets reported. In the trucking industry, for example, where it's – much less regimented, right. far less uh, ac- activities reported, even though th- they have very similar whistleblower protections. It's who are the parties and who are the parties likely to, to bring the litigation and make the reports. And uh, you know that just depends on, on how the industries are structured. You, as I mentioned, you followed this area closely for quite some time now. And, and you actually, as I mentioned, you wrote about this seven years ago. Tell us back then, what was the guts of your writing back then that you were looking at where whistleblowers are concerned? Well, this was all just really coming uh, into place in the aftermath of the uh, uh, Great Recession. Congress passed Dodd-Frank. They amended Sarbanes-Oxley. They created this Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. This all just really began exploding in the area of uh, financial uh, and securities fraud reporting. It had been in the other areas, uh, like I said, airline, trucking, nuclear, environmental, for, for decades. And it, it was really in the aftermath of the Great Recession that it began taking off in the uh, financial sector. And you know, I was, was there at the beginning. Well, and, and the expectation, unfortunately, is that this still continues to this day. In, in various forms in, in banking uh, and securities. Uh, and it, it's something that is probably clo- very closely monitored today because of the fact that it is still a possibility. Uh, yes, it's, it's monitored both by the SEC and by the companies themselves. I mean, the yeah. companies are required to have strict internal uh, compliance programs. And most companies do have strict internal compliance programs. And perhaps it's my... Uh, uh, position as as an attorney usually representing employers, but most employers, particularly large employers, want to do the right thing. If right. they receive an internal complaint, they're going to act on it. They're going to remedy it. They have uh, officers who will determine whether this is something that needs to be reported to the government or not, and the guidelines there are, are pretty clear, leaving little room for discretion. So... Um, the companies themselves are looking to, to remedy this because, situation. Because they understand the, 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 the penalties that are associated with this are, are significant and, and very serious. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you would much rather uh, fix something, make a report to the SEC if you were required to make a, a report, but with a, a plan that, to already correct it. This is all we we were on top of it. We understand what happened. We have a plan to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And and you report to the SEC at that point. Maybe you have a fine. Maybe not. But it's it's not going to be the type of case that it would blow up into if if a company tried to sweep something under the rug. But still, the distinction I think which is important to make is that people still, if they see something and they want to report it, report it primarily to their own company. They Absolutely. don't necessarily think about reporting it to the SEC. Absolutely. Absolutely. And companies are going to put in their uh, policies, uh, that we expect you to report it internally. Right. Um, so, so that's what em- uh, employees think they can do. And as I was saying, in most cases, 
there are anti-retaliation policies at the company that the people at the top of the company are going to want to do the right thing. Right. Where the problems could come in is the intermediate managers who, uh, oh, this is just creating a headache for me, uh, and I don't like this guy for, right. for blowing in something. Maybe there's a disagreement over whether something is a, a violation of the securities laws. And I, as the manager, think I'm doing everything exactly correctly. Yeah. The, my subordinate is now going over my head. I'm not going to give that guy such a good review next time. Yeah. Things will spiral into maybe some uh, actionable adverse employment actions. So that's where it happens. But at the, the top levels of at least major companies in this country, uh, they want to – know about and correct uh, any uh, retaliation or, or fraud. So what do you think ends up being the real impact of the decision by the Supreme Court last week? Well, what it's going to do is it, people listening to this show or, or reading about uh, the decision in, in other media outlets are going to know if I uh, suspect securities fraud at my company and I want to be protected against retaliation, I better report it to the SEC. And it's going to, uh, Justice Ginsburg thought this was the whole point of Dodd-Frank, but mm -hmm. uh, it's going to encourage employees to go directly to the SEC. So whereas before, uh, more complaints would be handled internally, I think now uh, it's, it's a matter of be careful what you wish for, uh, for these large employers. Uh, they were happy uh, that the the employer in Digital Realty Trust prevailed. Yeah. All those cases now in the pipeline that uh, are come up under similar facts where the, the whistleblower only reported internally, those cases are all now going to be dismissed. So it's a win for the, the, the companies. But be careful what you ask for because now those employees are going to be incentivized to go directly to the SEC. And you mentioned the digital realty case. Take us into that for a second in, in terms of, uh, of how that played out and, and where, where the concerns were. Um, the employee... Uh, believed that there were inadequate internal controls. It wasn't that there was actually fraud. It was that the company wasn't doing enough under the uh, SEC's regulations to detect uh, fraud. He reported that internally and was dismissed shortly after. Um, and he alleges that it was he was dismissed in retaliation for reporting the fraud. The case never went to trial. It was really the legal issue that the courts yeah. uh, decided all the way through. So, uh, we don't know the the actual facts and, and what happened there. It never got to a jury. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call if you'd like to join in. We're joined here in studio by Joseph Serbak, who's a labor attorney uh, with the firm of Cozen O'Connor here in the city of Philadelphia. 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. This is still obviously a, a, a significant concern even the fact that we are a decade out, you know, from the financial crisis, and realistically, when you did your uh, when you did your writing seven years from from that period of time, in terms of the recovery from this, this is still something that that ends up being a very important point for the uh, for obviously the activity of a business, but also the relationship with its employees and the expectation of them as well. It is. It is. It's not going away either. I mean, this is something that, that there's enough publicly traded companies uh, out there, and it, it's going to remain an issue where employees are going employees are going to be uh, fired, they're going to be suspended, and a certain percentage of them are going to be able to look back and say, in the last six months or six years, in the case of Dodd Frank, I reported uh, something. Perhaps my uh, 
uh, dismissal had something to do with that, and they'll, right. they'll bring a, a suit. Some are meritorious, some are not, uh, but it's it's not an issue that's going away anytime soon. But it also, from your perspective, as you said, uh, representing companies, it really does put the impetus on the company to make sure that they have their ducks in a row where a lot of these things are concerned. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to have ironclad policies and uh, internal controls so that uh, employees know they can report, they know where to report, perhaps a a particular number or a particular officer in the company that you need to report it to, so that everything is is funneled through the proper channels. And then uh, employers also need to have strict anti-retaliation policies to make sure those mid-level managers, where there may be that um, fear of retaliation, uh, that they know that their jobs are on the line if right. they take it out on a, a whistleblower. Because when you, you lay out that example specifically, I, I think of two things. One, there could be concern on both sides of the, uh, of an issue like this. One, concern by the company of, oh, my God, something has happened. Now we're going to get reported to the SEC. They have that worry. But the employee has the worry of, oh, do I speak? Do I say something? Because of fear of retaliation knowing the fact that there are rules in place that protect them in this case. Sure. I mean, an employee is going to be nervous to walk into that office and and make that report to rock the boat, uh, particularly if they're going above their manager's head. Uh, I mean, no no question. What's the expectation then with uh, the the use of whistleblower-type cases moving forward? Your expectation is that this will continue in some form, various forms, throughout a variety of different uh, business sets, uh, you know, as as long as we continue here. It is, because there's going to be uh, firms that violate the law. There's going to be people who observe it, and Congress and the states, we want people to report the violations, report it internally, report to the SEC if you have to. But there's going to be compliance problems, and you're not going to fix them if no one knows about them. So that's why we have these whistleblower protections, to encourage people uh, to to report what they know. Nice meeting you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Greatly appreciate it. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 